This week's episode is brought to you by Oma Dasala and her InstaDialer. Quite simply, the fastest way to dial up your next destination. Using cutting-edge multidimensionality that is barely understood, this thought technology is so easy to use, one could go from, oh no, I'm being shot at, to there's my way home in a fraction of a second. Simply be multidimensional and something of a god yourself, and you're on your way. The fastest way to go from here to there. Our thanks to Oma Dasala for sponsoring this episode. What is it? It's your future. It's called a Stargate. Chevron 7 Lock. Welcome to Walking Through the Stargate. I'm Brent. And I'm Zach. This is episode 70. Hey, it's 70. That's, it's a, that's, 70. Like a, that's a thing. That's like a yeah. marker. It's uh, a we'll big be talking number. about. It is a big number. Uh, we'll be talking about Stargate SG-1's episode, Watergate. Uh, and we are an independent podcast, and we're back. Hi, Zach, we're back. Hi, we're back. And we're back. And uh, you, friends, you can help keep this thing independent if you wish. Uh, if you are not in a position to throw money at creators, don't sweat it. But if you are and you want to, we've got a Patreon. I've been doing a pretty good job of putting that link in the show notes, but it is pretty easy. Patreon.com slash walking through the Stargate spelled how it should be. Uh, and every dollar that goes to the show is going towards Zach's computing device. Thank you so much to those people that have already contributed. Uh, it's fantastic. Uh, we were going over the details. We're probably going to change up the tiers just a tad. Um, Zach and I are still talking about the, the details a little bit, but uh, uh, information will be coming when we figure it out, because that's how that works. Now, for the rest of the <laughs> world that uh, says, great, you guys have a Patreon. Does that mean that I can't listen to your show anymore? The answer, of course, is no. You can always listen to our show. You can find our show on all the podcast aggregators and on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts. And I didn't check. Uh, I, I, I always remember to check right when I start reading these words, and I haven't done it. But uh, for those that are kind enough to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, we will... Uh, Take the take those words and lovingly craft it into a beautiful piece of radio drama just for your well for everybody's pleasure. Uh, but it only happens if somebody leaves us a review on Apple Podcasts. So thank you so much for that. Yep. Um, and we don't have any current new reviews. Okay, good. Thank you. Now, friends, if uh, you want to hear me say uh, and thank you so much to so and so and la 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 uh, to uh, to you. Uh, you just jump on that little Patreon action and uh, sign yourself up and then uh, put your name on there. And then you can hear us say to you personally, thank you ever so much. Now, Zach, <clears throat> yes. in the event that somebody has actually done that on Patreon and we have just done a bad job um, and they wanted to let us know that we've done a bad job, they might be able to reach out in other ways. But uh, how how might they do that? Well, we got several ways that you can get a hold of us. Um, you can email us. Uh, you can always email us at walkingthroughthestargate at gmail.com. That is W-A-L-K-I-N-G-T-H-R-O-U-G-H-T-T-H-E. Yep, uh, oh, I got an extra E in there. It's, it's been a long week, and it's Monday. <laughs> it's walking through the Stargate, spelled exactly as it uh, is supposed to be spelled. As it's supposed to be. That's right. Um you know, so, you know, if you figured out patreon.com slash walking through the Stargate, then you can figure out walking through the Stargate at gmail.com. That's right. And You're like vice 90% versa. of the way there. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, so you can email us. Uh, we are always uh, inviting our listeners to uh, send in their predictions for what they think will rate our shows. So that's a good mm -hmm. way of doing that. You could also mm -hmm. do that on Facebook. 
Uh, and that's another way to get a hold of us. We have a Facebook page. Uh, go ahead and go to the Facebook page, Walking Through the Stargate, and hit the like and subscribe. I don't know what all the buttons are there. Uh, follow us, whatever it is. <laughs> uh, and we also Do have a Facebook group, uh, Walking Through the Stargate Facebook group. Uh, and there you can uh, click that uh, join button, and we'll get you in there as soon as possible, which is yep. pretty quick. And yep. then you can join us there. Uh, usually we do have uh, a link there that you can add your predictions there as well. So you can email us or you can go to Facebook either way. We also have Twitter. Uh, and I'll be honest, Brent, I haven't looked at our Twitter account for a while. Uh, but that's uh, mostly your job to look yeah, at. So. I, and I have been. And uh, normally what I use Twitter for is to just let the world know that we've posted a new episode. And... Uh, yeah, that's about normally it. I'll retweet something sometimes just because, you know, people are awesome. But it's pretty rare, so uh, don't expect a whole lot of content from Twitter. Um, but that said, uh, if Twitter's your jam, you can pretty reliably depend on it being a resource to know just when we have popped open a new uh, new episode. Pop the, pop, the, pop the lid on a new episode. Sure. Exactly. Just like just that. Just like a can of... Cat food. I don't know. Eh. Cat food, huh? It, look, dude, it's it's Monday afternoon. I just got done doing my little worky thing, and uh, normally I'm like full of vim and vigor, and and now I'm just full of cat food. So uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Save, save me from this trouble, Zach. How about we? Uh, how about we get in? How about we? Uh, Sh- how shall about we, we dig into this episode, Watergate? Yeah. Here? Let's okay. Do that. All right. Uh, so Watergate was directed by Martin Wood, and the teleplay was by Robert C. Cooper. We've I've heard those, those names, names before <laughs> quite a number of times. <laughs> um, as I was listening to the audio commentary for this episode, I did discover that Martin Wood um, is actually seen ever so briefly along with Sergeant Siler with a giant wrench working on the Stargate when it's not working <laughs> very well at the beginning. <laughs> Um, so I, I forgot to I forgot to notice because uh, you told me about uh, <laughs> Zach. You told me about Siler and his giant wrench. Um, <laughs> sorry, yeah. I'm just I'm just entertaining myself now. Okay, <laughs> but anyway, um, I forgot or I didn't notice. So good to good to know that he was he was hanging around in the back there uh, with his cameos. Well, you know, I was I was uh, paying attention when I was watching the episode as mm-hmm. normal, trying to find him, and I didn't see him. And it wasn't until during the audio commentary he mentioned that, "Oh, hey, there I am with oh, uh, oh, yeah. Dan Shea, who plays Sergeant Siler." Yeah. Uh, uh, right back there, I'm like, "Oh, okay, so there it is." Yep. Um, nice. We do have a couple of guest actors of note for this episode. Mm-hmm. We have uh, Tom McBeath. Re- Returning as Harry Mayborn, Mayborn, uh, Mayborn uh, a wonderful villain that we have. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. So I got a quick question for you, Brent. When mm-hmm. we first met Mayborn, you were not so hot on him, and I said right. he's going to be around for a while, and you know you'll you'll grow to love or hate him or something. But uh, you know, what are your feelings about Mayborn so far? So, um, uh, he's a pretty good foil. Like he's he's just dastardly enough, but not like way over the top dastardly. So it's it's like in some cases, like you got to work with him and in other cases, you got to definitely work against him. And and, and so, yeah, he's proving to be uh, quite, quite the entertaining character. Yes, I, yeah. I, I am. I'm I'm enjoying it when he comes on screen. That is for sure. 
That's good. That's good. And and uh, I would agree with that. Uh, that first episode we met him, which now I'm blanking specifically on which one that is. Yeah, I can't recall either. Um, that might have been Bane. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I know why I liked it so much, Zach. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Mayborn in it. <laughs> you didn't like him very much in that first episode. I didn't know. I didn't know. I could just sense that. I could just sense that this was this was a monumentous moment. Okay. Uh, so, of course, we have Mayborn back for this episode, mm-hmm. working with the Russians. And then, of course, we have uh, Marina Sirtis playing Yay! Dr. Svetlana Markov. Mm-hmm. Um, Marina Sirtis is an actor that I have known about for a long time. Long time. Yep. Because she is, of course, uh, uh, Deanna Troy from mm-hmm. Star Trek The Next Generation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marina was born in London. Uh, to Greek parents, her parents did not want her to become an actress. Uh, but as soon as she completed high school, she secretly applied to the Guildhall School of Music and Drama mm-hmm. and was accepted after her graduation. Then she worked in musical theater, uh, repertory, and television. In 1986, she decided to move to Los Angeles to boost her career. For hmm. six months, she auditioned for roles but was unsuccessful. However, just before she planned to go back home, she got the role of Counselor Deanna Troy on Mm -hmm. Star Trek Next Generation. Mm -hmm. In fact, a couple of things here. Uh, She actually originally auditioned for the role of Tasha Yar, Mm -hmm. and Denise Crosby, who had Tasha Yar, who played that role of Tasha Yar, was auditioning for uh, Deanna Troy. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. somewhere in that process, the the powers that be said, "Wait, no, those two actors are great, but switch the roles, put them in the uh, other places." Isn't the rumor? Isn't that? Uh, is, isn't the master himself? Isn't it that Gene Roddenberry was in those, and he was the one that was like, "Yeah, you're great, but you'd be great as the other person." It's it's entirely possible. I don't recall mm-hmm. off the top of my head. He would have been an executive producer, which means mm-hmm. he probably would have at least had a voice in, especially the casting of sure. the main ca- characters. Yeah. Um, also. Uh, as it says here, she was just about ready to go home. In fact, she had her bags packed, and if the phone call saying she got the role had come something in the order of like 30 to 60 minutes later, she would have been out the door. Wow. I mean, it wow. was real. Th- this is uh, from stories that I have heard yeah, from sure. her telling that, uh, which is just fascinating. And yeah. of course... Uh, from there, she had seven seasons uh, of television and then mm-hmm. several films. Mm-hmm. And then she also made appearances as Deanna Troy in Enterprise, uh, mm-hmm. That's right. Voyager, and, of mm-hmm. course, the new episodes, uh, the new series, Picard. Um, mm-hmm. If that's a spoiler, Brent, you can cut that out. I don't think so. I think that I um, – uh, so obviously Zach and I have watched Picard, and so you know it's not spoilers to either of us. Um, but I'm 99% sure that we see uh, we see Troy. I'm just going to leave any other things out of it, but I'm confident that you see Troy and others in some of the promo trailers for the, the series itself. So I'm pretty so, confident it's not a spoiler. Okay. So um, in 92, she married rock guitarist Michael Lamper. Uh, mm-hmm. And they were married until he died just a couple of years ago. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, and of course she's done all sorts of other things, um, including uh, Gargoyles from '94 to '96. That was her voice acting on the cartoon Gargoyles. Oh, I didn't she know that. was uh, 
uh, uh, Jonathan Frakes was also in part of that, and I think maybe Michael <laughs> Dorn had a couple of lines. Oh, in for that. real? So, <laughs> so there was a lot of Star Trek crossover with gargoyles. Uh huh. Um, she has, uh, and also Young Justice, which is another cartoon uh, from 2011 to 2019. She did a lot of voicing for that. She has a total of 103 credits, according to IMDb. Hmm. Uh, her first credit was in 1977 when she played Faustina in an episode of the TV series Raffles. Hmm. And I'm like, I have no idea what that is, so I had to look it up. Right. Uh, Raffles is a show about A.J. Raffles, who is a gentleman of leisure and a top-rated cricketer, but he <laughs> is also an amateur cracksman. An expert jewel thief, <laughs> alternately aided and hindered by his old friend Bunny Manders, Raffles cuts oh, a dashing swath across Edwardian England, oh, helping boy. himself to the baubles of the rich, uh, sometimes <laughs> playing amateur sleuth or crime fighter, and generally enjoying himself. I am, yep, uh-huh, uh-huh. There okay. you go. Um, in the episode where Marina Sirtis got her start as Faustina, that was an episode called The Last Laugh. Mm-hmm. And that one is all about a display of jewelry at the Italian embassy proves too great a temptation for Raffles and for Bunny. And <laughs> so does the chance to rescue a beautiful young maid at the mercy of the evil ambassador. Raffles hatches a plan to steal both, but underestimates the lengths to which the diplomat will go to get his revenge. Oh, my. So. Oh, dear. There you have it. Yeah. Um. And of course, uh, uh, Marina Sirtis is not the first, uh, nor will she be the last uh, char- uh, actor from Star Trek to enter the Stargate universe. She mm-hmm. uh, follows Armin Shimmerman, who played one of the Knox, mm-hmm. uh, Dwight Schultz, who played uh, the Gamekeeper, mm-hmm. and Rene Aubergenois, who was, of course, the guy in the other side earlier this season. Yes. All right. Um, so that is uh, Marina Sirtis. So yes, and I'm original, glad to see her. Yes, she was good for this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, the original air date for Watergate was August 11, 2000. Mm-hmm. Number one in the charts in the U.S. was "Incomplete" by Cisco. Don't remember it. Nor do I. Yep. In fact, when you say Cisco, I think Star Trek Deep Space Nine, not music. Benjamin Cisco, yeah. No, it's not oh, Benjamin. Oh, it's spelled differently, too, so it's oh, not the same. Well, gotcha. Um, and then in the UK, they were listening to Rock DJ by Robbie Williams. I know who Robbie Williams is. Well, that's good. That's at least one yeah. of us. But I don't remember Rock DJ. I know somebody named Robbie Williams, but it's not this person. How do you know? Um, because the person that I know who is Robbie Williams was not alive in 2000. How do you know? Ooh. <laughs> Mind blown. All right, I'm going to queue up some Rock DJ. Here we okay. go. There it is. So, uh, number one, Hollow Man, because if you're talking about Rock DJ, it's got to be a Hollow Man. 
But if it's not hollow, then they're clearly in space because Space Cowboys is number two. And you know what we're saying when we're talking about Rock DJ and it's Robbie Williams and we're talking about maybe he's this young kid and maybe he's not. All we really are talking about are the replacements, which is number three. Now, replacements, if the replacement is ever going to happen, it needs to happen in a season. And clearly the season that needs to happen is autumn. And where? But no no other place than New York. Autumn in New York is number four. And all of this is making you go nutty, clearly, because we are the nutty professor to the clumps. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that was terrible and great. Terrible, but still great. Oh, well. Nicely done. Thank you. Nicely done. All right. So that was the box office. Mm -hmm. Uh, What was happening at this time on August 8th, a couple of days before this aired, the Confederate submarine H.L. Hunley is raised to the surface after 136 years on the ocean floor. Wow. Dang. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it is cool. We don't think about submarines during the Civil War, but uh, in fact, they did exist. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, on August 9th, South African President uh, Thabo Mbeki, uh, is it Thabo or? I don't know. I don't know. President Mbeki mm-hmm. unveils the women's monument commemorating the role of women in the anti-apartheid struggle. Mm-hmm. Nice. And then on August 12th, one day after this episode aired, the Oscar-class submarine K-141 Kursk of the Russian Navy explodes and sinks in the Barents Sea during a military exercise. I think I vaguely remember that. I can't tell you anything about it other than I seem to have a memory of, like, that. Because Russian submarine... Well, also, you know, at this particular point in my history, reading Tom Clancy novels was something that I did regularly and so like you know the russians and their submarines and things that that was that was that was on my mind sure and then when it goes kablooey sinks in the barren sea you'd know about it yep. well i at least i would pay attention well, you, you, anyway. you would hear about it yeah yep, yep yes yeah all right so we do have some trivia for this episode mm-hmm. uh the transport aircraft that they board uh at the the air force the air base in siberia it was actually a USAF C-130 belonging to the California Air National Guard that mm. was sitting on the tarmac at Boundary Bay Airport just south of Vancouver. Aha! A uh, couple of things there. Um, is like you can actually see some of the crew members of that uh, plane actually in some of the establishing shots and around. Like the guys crawling on the wing and yeah, walking yeah, oh, under yeah, the plane. Was... Those are actually like the crew members and uh, uh, captain and pilot uh, I guess it wouldn't be captain, uh, commander of that ship. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, in the case, they were actually. No, I, I had kind of figured that uh, that the guy, that those were not just extras uh, climbing around on the wing of that thing. I'm just like, nah, no, nah. yeah. you, you probably know what you're doing. Yep. Um, also, uh, originally they were just going to be able to uh, film on and around the plane. However, uh, they were actually given the opportunity to f- actually fly in the plane, and so some of those shots of like the 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 tail door opening and looking out over uh, the expanse, those are actual shots of the plane. Nice. Um, in the plane, and and the uh, the the shot of the plane taking off from the runway is yeah. 
actually that plane taking off at that ah, point, despite okay. the fact that it looks like a stock shot. Oh, yeah. No, I was I was chuckling about the B footage that we had to use to watch the C-130 take off, but I guess not. Okay. And then also, I mean, I didn't, I didn't quite. It looked also like B footage when the um, cargo door was opening when they were about mm-hmm. to parachute out, but nope, no. But that actually, McCoy. Um, yeah. Uh, now, what looks like snow is actually water, but from that distance and on that gray day, um, and I don't know, if they six in one hand, half a dozen in the other. Yep. 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 So uh, yeah, that was the C one thirty. Marina Sirtis beat out nineteen other actors for that role. Nice. 17 of them were actually Russians. <laughs> but her Russian accent was so good, apparently, this is what I'm hearing, that that after the first take, well, A, it was good enough that they're like, wow, okay, we got to have Marina for this, uh, mm-hmm. A. and But it was so thick after the first take, uh, she was actually asked to tone the accent down a little bit ah. so that she could be understood. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, now, yeah. and I think I recall a story uh, where uh, Marina was talking about the accent that she developed for Deanna Troy because it's kind of this amalgam. It's it's like a it's like a pan European accent. It's not really right. pinned down to any one thing. And she was saying that like it was an accent that she kind of basically had to make up. Um, th- that, I, but I gather from that story that she's really good at character acting and making at, at accents. Yeah, well, apparently what I, I don't remember if I read this in the Illustrated Companion or if, or what, I can't remember now where I saw this, um, but for this here, she didn't really, like, know how to speak in a Russian accent until, like, a month before the audition. Oh. Um, I mean, not that she didn't, but, you know, she hadn't actually tried it or practiced yeah, it or done sure. anything, so it was relatively new for her so quickly, uh-huh. uh, which, which is pretty cool. That is cool. Um, Kurt Russell actually made an appearance, uh, not in the show, but on set while filming this episode. Um, he was apparently playing, uh, Elvis on the stage next door. Um, Uh nice. Whatever that movie was. Oh, I don't know. 3000 miles to Graceland. Julie is whispering at me. Uh, (laughs) and, and so that was filming next door. And, uh, so he stopped by and said, hello, uh, during the filming of this episode. That's pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. Uh, the warehouse that, uh, <clears throat> that they go to, um, or, you know, the, the Russian complex is actually a warehouse that was used in a previous episode um, on Blake and I. It's the one with Harlan. Come try it. Uh, I'm blanking on the name of that episode off the top of my head. Uh, the Tin Man. Tin Man. Yep. Ha 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 That never happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um uh so they they reuse that site and we will actually see yes, that yes. site yeah. again in a future yeah. episode, maybe a couple future episodes, I don't remember. Yeah, that sure. th- yeah. I, as they were kind of clamoring yeah, that yeah. They were running around and I was like, this, this, this looks vaguely familiar, but like Anyway, I just thought yeah. it was like, you know, standard industrial, whatever. But now, now I know I was ringing a bell. Oh. Yep. yep. Um, let's see here. Uh, originally, uh, there was a scene that comes after the episode ended. Um, oh. That kind of wraps yeah. up some of the story about what happens with the Russians and the Stargate and all of that stuff. But they were running long. 
And, you know, so O'Neill's line that says, well, maybe it was a hostage exchange mm -hmm. uh, made for a, a really interesting ending. At least that's what they thought. We'll see what Brent thinks. Um, uh, and so mm -hmm. they, mm -hmm. they uh, cut it there uh, and just let future episodes tell us what happens with the Russians. Ah, aha. So, uh, yes, suffice it to say, uh, we'll learn more about the Russians and their relationship to the Stargate program as the series progresses. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yep. Uh, let's see here. In other languages, in French, this is called Troubled Waters. In English, in Italian, it is called Watergate, but it's like, like the Italian, uh, like, phonetic sounding Watergate as I understand it so oh, it is actually Watergate in Italian accents mm -hmm. um, <laughs> the Spanish call it the Aquatic Gate the Czech call mm -hmm. it either the Aquatic Gate or perhaps the Water Gate depending on how you translate that Hungarian oh, they call this sure. episode Underwater German mm -hmm. call it uh, Planet of Water or perhaps Water Planet Yeah. Um, and yep. of course all of this is because <laughs> the, the phrase Watergate doesn't really translate. Oh, sure. Uh, right, right. You know, um, and the uh, the uh, mixing of, of uh, the Watergate affair um, mm -hmm. in the 70s, 60s, blanking on that. My, oh, gosh, my brain hurts 70s. so bad. Thank you. Yeah, you're uh, welcome. Yeah. 72, 3, yeah. somewhere in there. Yeah, my brain hurts. That's why. I'm going to blame <laughs> that. Uh, and, of course, this... Uh, that doesn't really translate into other languages very well. No, it does uh, not. It is worth noting also that uh, originally the name Watergate for this episode was kind of a joke until Robert Cooper finally says, you know what? It's going to be Watergate. <laughs> good enough. It's there fine. you go. It's good enough. Just, just Yeah. Yep. Uh, we do have a couple of goofs that are worth noting here. One, mm -hmm. pretty much all of the Russian text that you see is containing some error or another everywhere. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, clearly, the guys in Vancouver are not Russian scholars. <laughs> you know, I was kind of wondering, honestly... Because for a brief second, because we had those, the we had that Russian guy and the Ukrainian actor right in the in the Foxtrot sub back when the replicators oh, yeah. were kind yeah. of crashing through, right? And and they were you know having a little conversation in Russian, which is funny. Um, but like the thought was crossing my mind. Hey, I wonder if uh, I wonder if those if those if those helpful people made some kind of an appearance back again. You know what I mean? Like I, you know if there was inside jokes or like you know Kilroy was here or whatever. You know like, but no, <laughs> apparently not. Apparently it's just a bunch no. of garbage. Huh? Uh. I don't know. I, I think that it's actually stuff written. I mean, and, and it actually is supposed to translate and spell certain things and blah, blah, blah. But mostly there's a lot of spelling errors. Gotcha. And such. Um, and as I understand, if I remember correctly, back when we were at the, the Foxtrot sub, uh, there were also plenty of uh, spelling errors of the stuff that they added to that one as well. So mm -hmm. there you go. Um, also, the... At one point in time, when they're leaving on the sub, Svetlana says, over and out. And, you know, while that trope is common, uh, over and out, technically, yeah. you wouldn't use over and out at the same time. You'd use over when you're finished with your statement and you're waiting for a response, and you simply say out when you're done. So you wouldn't say ah, over, gotcha. I'm waiting for a response, and out. You would just say da-da-da-da-da, out. 
Gotcha. But, you know, hey, telecom, telecommunications for the, you know, TV and radio tropes. Woohoo! There Woo. you go. Uh, and finally, one more goof. And I wasn't going to put this in there, but then I thought, eh, maybe it's worth it. And I've seen this goof show up on a number of the episodes. But, you know, way back at the end of last season, the beginning of this season, they beam the Stargate up onto Thor's ship, and then it mm-hmm. explodes. And, of course, mm-hmm. this is how the ship, the, the Stargate ends up in the hands of the Russians. Right. Uh, well, that was the Alpha Gate. And the, the point of origin for that was that kind of triangle A-like shape. The Pyramid. Uh, a pyramid, right? Mm-hmm. That's the point of origin. However, the Beta Gate, which was found originally in uh, Antarctica, mm-hmm. was determined that that planet has a different symbol for the point of origin, or that, that Stargate has a different symbol for the point of origin. An ice cube? Uh, I don't remember what it is. You'd have <laughs> to, it does exist online. Uh, it's out there. Um, uh, but it's not but, the pyramid. But it's, but not, it's the pyramid. not the pyramid. It's not that triangle pyramid shape. Yeah. Uh, and yet, for the last several episodes, when they've been using the beta gate, and this yeah. is going to continue to be uh, a goof, technically, um, the, you're going to still continue to see the triangle pyramid there as your point of origin, uh, even though it's the beta gate. So what you're telling me is that the beta gate is now the alpha gate, and the alpha gate is now the beta gate. Um <clears throat> The beta gate is what they're using in Stargate Command. The I know. alpha gate is what the Russians have. Yeah, yeah. And, and, this, and, despite- and, and yeah, and and through through magics, uh, the the point of origin symbols have now magically swapped on those two gates, and now everything's back to normal again. Sure. Okay. Fine. Magic. Yeah. Retcon. And then a miracle occurred. It works. Yeah. <laughs> Look. Hey. I'm roll. I rolled a twenty on that retcon there, so there we go. <clears throat> okay, all right. Was it a natural twenty, or did you just add your modifiers to get to twenty? Well, you know, when you're rolling a, I don't know. It's 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 Monday afternoon, Zach. I go. I, all right. I had so all my good stuff. Why left. don't we continue this with the synopsis as read by <laughs> my dear friend Brent? Yes, I get to read it because I wrote it. Yes. Aha. Uh-huh. So you know what this means, though, that Zach. So I'm going to read this thing. Uh huh. And then I'm going to ask you what you thought. Oh. Mm-hmm. And then okay. you're going to tell me what you thought. And so um, I'll give you a, I'll give so you a like little bit of a hint going the alpha and the beta in. gate has switched, you and I have uh-huh. also swapped. Yes, exactly. I'll give you Got a it. little bit of a hint going in because I know that you like to get my reaction first before you say your thing because you're worried about influencing what I have to say. Maybe, maybe not, whatever. Um, I wrote this up and a careful listener will hear how I was, th- what I was thinking as I was watching this episode. Oh, well, okay. I'll have Ready? to uh, listen carefully. Okay. All right. Here we go. SG-1 heads towards the gate, about to embark on a mission to search for a new homeworld for the Anarkins, and An- Karens, th- th- those guys. The ring spins. Six chevrons engage, but the seventh will not. Radar is confused. Carter assists, but it's going to be a while. The gate will not connect. The subsequent investigation strongly hints that there might be another gate on Earth currently connected to somewhere. This is impossible, as the original gate was destroyed along with Thor's ship, a helpful in-character recollection reminds us, and the SGC is currently using the Antarctic gate that Mayborn and, his, and the NDS picked up. 
In a briefing shortly thereafter, Hammond tells the team what he has learned. In fact, the original gate was not destroyed, and it was picked up by the Russian Navy shortly after the Beliskner, that's Thor ship, crashed and sank in the Pacific Ocean. The Russian equivalent of the SGC was able to make quick progress under suspicious circumstances, further aided by the DHD from Giza that they had recovered from Nazi hands during the Second World War. Also, confusingly, the gate remains connected to an off-world gate and remains so even days after initial connection. All this is revealed because the U.S. government now has the evidence necessary to force compliance from the Russian government. There are now two major powers running Stargate programs, but we'll completely skip over the geopolitical drama in the world that, that, that interests Brent to no end. Instead, we've got the abyss to retell. So, Dr. Svetlana Markov, a brilliant Russian scientist, requests SG-1's assistance in the investigation of the Russian Stargate. She's very familiar with all the SG-1 members because she has studied each of their files extensively. A task easily accomplished since she has studied English since she was six years old. The team put... That's uh, a little Russian humor there, right? uh, It's real real funny. The team plus Markov are forced to parachute from the C-130 and trek to their remote station where the gate is held. Upon arrival and regrouping, they begin to explore the base, finding every soldier they come across dead, many of them shot. Dr. Markov scrambles to the top of a large containment vessel, pops the hatch, and exclaims in exasperation when the thing she was hoping to see isn't there. In one of the worlds they explored, they found water that was giving off energy, a potentially amazing advantage if it could be harnessed. But it's missing. They reach the control room where Dr. Markov goes through the logs of the station, discovering that the commander released a nerve gas, but the reasons remain unknown. Activating the drone's camera, five more members of the Russian team are seen, having drowned on the water planet. But there remain several more members of the team unaccounted for. Further, as Dr. Markov reveals more information about the Russian mission, Carter and Markov speculate that the gate might be held open between the mysterious energy in the water plus the radio signal energy from the reconnaissance drone designed to last 10 years. It's determined that the best way to deactivate the gate would be shutting down the drone, but since it isn't responding to commands... Oh, wait, that's a terrible sentence. But it isn't responding to commands. There we go. Waiting for the nuclear power source to deplete isn't an option either. Three members of... can't wait 10 years? Nah, we got a show to run, Zach. Oh, Oh, okay. (laughs) Three... Three members of this expedition must go through that gate in a mini-sub, shut down the drone, redial the gate, and return home. Markov, Jackson, and Carter hop in the mini-sub and set out through the gate. Shortly after arrival, they deactivate the drone, and the gate shuts down. O'Neill and Teal'c resume their sweep of the base, looking for the missing members of the Russian team. As they search, they enter the kitchen of the base, discover one team member dead, and the footprints of another heading into a freezer. Upon opening the freezer, they discover the frozen, dead, standing upright body of Colonel Harold Mayborn. Dun, dun, dun. Back on the watery planet, the explorers take a few moments to examine the ruins of this planet, but are swiftly thwarted when the mini-sub is unable to move forward. Markov overtaxes the motors, and a fire breaks out into the cabin. Swift use of an extinguisher saves all hands, and Markov gets back to work, or gets to work fixing the sub. Hey, Brent. Hmm? 
It's a Swiss sub. How could anything go wrong? Well, it keeps excellent time. Back in the Russian base, Mayborn is laid out on a workbench by Teal'c and O'Neill and inexplicably begins to show signs of life. His breathing and heartbeat return. His eyes twitch! In the sub, Jackson and Carter notice they aren't moving at all. If the motors were overtaxed because of a strong current, surely they would be moving, but instead, they're standing still. Further, the pressure outside the mini-sub is rising, even though their depth is not increasing. Before long, the sub will implode, and the team is out of ideas on how to prevent that. In the kitchen, Mayborn rises from the table, but is uncommunicative. O'Neill draws his sidearm and orders Mayborn to comply. But the dastardly colonel appears to be in a trance. Then, without warning, he doubles over and vomits out a huge amount of water. This action clears his mind, and he immediately begins to warn O'Neill and Teal'c to avoid this water. But it's too late. The water begins to seep into Teal'c, and he is now possessed! O'Neill and Mayborn hide in the freezer while Mayborn frantically catches O'Neill up to speed. The water is alive. Specifically, there are microscopic organisms that are intelligent in the water, but they appear to be malevolent, having possessed many members of the original Russian team, prompting the commander to execute the suicidal option which employed the nerve gas. Mayborn has been compromised at this point, but the creatures realize that freezing themselves was the only way to survive. Somehow, they kept Mayborn alive. Somehow, he knows all this through some form of communication. Somehow, they got to get out of the freezer. But thankfully, waterlogged Teal'c shuffles off. The pressure is rising on the mini-sub as they struggle to come up with something that will save them. As the three scientists bounce ideas around, they slowly start to assemble the notion that the water itself is somehow sentient, somehow holding them in place, and somehow increasing the pressure. They don't have much more time to speculate because the glass dome in the front of the mini-sub finally gives way, completely shattering. But instead of water pouring in, it shimmers in place. Jackson approaches cautiously, sticks his hand out cautiously, and somehow intuits that the water is just as curious about him as he is of it. Uh, as he is of it. But curious like Lenny is curious, because the water envelops all three scientists. Meanwhile, Zombie Teal shuffles towards the Russian gate room, begins to dial the DHD for the water world, and the gate fires up. Water's up? Kawooshes. <clears throat> the, the gate kawooshes up. He then doubles over and also vomits up a huge amount of sentient amoeba water, which instantly evaporates and travels into the open gate, disappearing. The gate shuts down, conveniently. Moments later, it powers up again, instantly giving O'Neill and the restored Teal'c only time enough to duck before the kawoosh blows overhead. And instead of a mini-sub appearing, our three scientists are hurled out of the gate. Everyone figuratively or literally dusts themselves off, confused about what precisely happened. The off-world team cannot recall exactly how they ended up through the gate. But O'Neill has a theory. It looks an awful lot like a hostage exchange. The end. The end. So, Zach? Yeah. Watergate? Yeah. What'd you think? So, uh, this episode is fine. Um, I like Dr. Markov. I like Marina Sirtis as Dr. Markov. Um, I like seeing Harry Mayborn back. 
I really like the the effect that they get the Russians involved in stuff. Um, uh, I especially like that this is the beginning of more stuff with Russians. We're going to be dealing with the Russians for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if that's a spoiler, so be it. Um, this is definitely the the beginning of a relationship, uh, however tenuous, with the Russians, uh, not the end of it. Uh, so that's nice. I like that. Um, the, the visuals are really quite astounding. The, the, with perhaps the exception of the vomiting of the water, that kind of looks dumb. Um, uh, but they Uh thought that that looks dumb too. So I don't feel too bad. (laughs) They're like, yeah, you know, one of the things you get to do is experiment and try things. And then you try it and you're like, well... That was a fun experiment, and it didn't really tried work it. right. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that's fine. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, the the underwater shots uh, in cinematography is really quite fascinating. Um, mm-hmm. uh, there, There's an interesting story that moves through here. Uh, you never quite knowing what's going to happen. It just kind of slowly builds and goes. Um, it's also not an episode that especially holds my attention and and uh, keeps me, you know, hooked into it. Right. Um, uh, one of the things that I always remember about this episode, um, when I was uh, doing my internship uh, in seminary, um, I, it was time for me to, to preach a sermon, and uh, one of the sermons there, and uh, I just recently watched this episode, and that idea of of looking at a situation and saying, uh, this doesn't seem wise. And then having the Colonel saying, I said, easy, not wise, <laughs> easy. Uh, and then jumping out of a plane, yes. um, you know, certainly, you know, relatively easy to jump out of a plane. Uh, it's not a wise thing to right. do, uh, right. with all of that, you know, I, I tried to use that as a sermon illustration and ran into the idea that, you know, if your audience has no idea what your sermon illustration is, it doesn't work. Nope. Um, <laughs> but that is something, you know, entirely about me and not really this episode. Although, you I don't know. know. So, it's all related. You know, I said easy, not wise, does always mm-hmm. kind of stick in my head uh, mm-hmm. as part mm-hmm. of this episode. Um, yeah. I mean, those are sort of my initial thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to kick this back to you and hear what yeah. you have to say, uh, <laughs> and then we'll keep going. Okay. Sounds good. So, um, I liked, uh, I liked a lot of the things you were talking about. I was enjoying the visuals. Um, the story had some tantalizing bits to it. Uh, the, it was, it was a delight to see, uh, it was, a, it was a delight to see, um, uh, Counselor Troy, uh, at least, you know, not as Counselor Troy, but, you know, it's always it's always nice to see a familiar face in a cameo or not cameo, whatever. You know what I'm saying? In a yeah. guest role. Um, uh, banter was pretty okay. But the problem that I had with this one is that uh, there was an awful lot of somehows in this episode. Uh, it felt like they were kind of cooking with a pretty okay idea, and then they were running out of time. Um, and instead of trying to tighten it, uh, or simplify it so that they can tell a nice, satisfying story, we end up in a situation where an awful lot of somehows happen, right? Like we're not sure 
exactly how any of this is working or how it behaves or why. Um, you know, we're not actually positive about the intent of this sentience that we have discovered. Uh, we're not real clear on, uh, you know, the overall what was going on like you know were they was is the whole ocean like one contiguous sentient sentient being or, or is the sentience in you know like ably broken down by part so that it was like you know this little puddle of water and also how did it seep into teal through his feet like you know there was an and and how did it keep like mayborn alive i don't know how did you know about this i don't know um it, there was just so much about it that uh, that felt like a pretty good idea, but wasn't really fully executed on. And I'm glad to hear that, you know, the Russian aspect is going to be explored more fully because I thought that that we were just going to have, um, you know, a little expose that the Russians are also involved and then just move right along. Like um, that little quip that I put in there about how the whole statecraft thing is actually the thing that I'm more interested in is very true. Uh, I am more interested in that kind of stuff. But on the other hand, like I can't expect the whole world to be interested in that kind of stuff. Right. But I'm glad to hear that it's going to be a kind of a piece of the puzzle. It's going to be a, like a, a little a little element of what we have going through, forward. Now, that does mean, though, that the, that the scene is getting a little crowded because um, is the NDS still a thing? Or the are NID. they like, the, oh, I got that totally mixed up. That's all right. Um, uh, are the NID, a, are they still a thing or no? So the NID is... Because it kind of got... It is an official branch, uh, you know, defense branch of uh, the the U.S. government. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, I found it really, really kind of interesting that uh, uh, when the new uh, Department of Homeland Security popped up in, uh, what would that would have been? 2001. 2001, 2002, somewhere in that mm -hmm. area. Um they were kicking around the idea for the National Defense Intelligence or, or something. I don't remember what, the, I can't even now remember what they landed on. But they were kicking around what they were trying to do. But NID was letters that something that they were kicking around as possibilities. Oh, I uh, see. It didn't land in there. But, you know, for me as a Stargate fan at that point in time, that just made me laugh because the NID yes. has always been this kind of nefarious Shadowy, thing. yeah, uh-huh, um, yeah. Now, but all that said, the NID in-universe is supposed to be yes. just a standard branch of U.S. government intelligence. Yeah. Um, but within that, you also get some elements of rogue NID, um, and Mayborn are certainly played around in that pool a little bit. Um, so going outside the rules, technically... Um, so, right. yes, at this point in time, they are still a thing. They still exist. However, um, in the previous episode, we saw Mayborn. Um, with the, yeah, with the little the spy group. Off right, right. Um, and so with that, clearly he got, um, uh, you know, kicked out of the military on some level. Um, I mean, I guess. See, that's the other thing, too, is that right now, I guess so. I mean, it wasn't explicitly made clear that he got thrown out on his ear. So does that mean that he is now, has he turned? Is he now working for the Russians? Um, or is he a plant? Or is he a cooperation? Or is, you know what I mean? Like there's, so that's what I'm kind of getting at with the, the stage is getting a little crowded, right? Because <clears throat> we've got the, um, we've got our, we got our, we got our heroes. We got SG-1. 
and uh, and the support team in the SGC that supports SG1. And we've got the alien bad guys. We've got the Gould. Uh, we've got the replicators. We've got our friends. Um, we've got you know we've got the uh, the Asgard. We've got the Tolan. We've got the um, Nox. We've got uh, some others that I can't think of right off the top of my head. And then we've got a whole bunch of neutral players, and you know that's fine. They're they're doing their thing. Um, and you know we'll run into a bad guy of the week sometimes, but not all that often, right? But uh, you know, but then we've got. Uh, did I already mention the Google? I can't remember. And yeah. um, and but and then you get the 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 non extraterrestrial uh, bad guys. You got the NID. Now we've got, and I'm not calling the Russians bad guys at this particular moment, but they do. But they're yet another power that has to be sort of contended with. Um, I don't know if we've per- permanently shelved the like uh, Senate Intelligence Committee type situation. Like that popped up a couple times. Um, oh right with Kinsey and such yeah right and it might just be an artifact of me just holding on to too many characters maybe I should just let it go and just let you know let the, let the show carry on because side note and asterisk um, the, one of the best bad guys that we were about to have which was Mr. Satan I can never remember his name Sokar um, so we just bumped him off without effort and Apophis is just like hanging out building extremely powerful ships that get blowed up too easy and uh, because he's a nincompoop doesn't deserve the title of supreme system lord overall because he's a anyway um tell us how you really feel brent mm. oh no maybe not <sighs> you know i mean like it would have even been cool if like sokar had like captured apophis and sokar's body was like deteriorating and he did some kind of like mind transfer thing so that we can still have the 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 wonderful what's his what's the actor's name that plays apophis peter peter um, williams Peter Williams. We could have Peter Williams, right? Like we could have we could have him playing Sokar, who's a really bad guy. But no, we can have Puffus being like, "I'm not dead. <laughs> I feel happy. Ah, oh, so bad." Anyway, um, yeah. So overall, how do I feel? About I, this episode? I I I just giggle at 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 your frustration with that character uh, at this point in time. It's so cheesy. Anyway, um. Uh, so yeah, so this episode it feels very middling. Like when you told me that they weren't intending that to be the ending, but that they were like, yeah, good enough, and that what they weren't int- they were kind of not really intending for the name to be Watergate, and then they were like, meh, good enough. It's like, yeah, that's kind of how I feel about this episode. It's like, mm, meh, good enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, in terms of storyline. Uh, the best part of this episode is that it introduces the Russians as another player. Um, sure. And recognizing, you were mentioning that uh, you kind of feel like the, the field is getting a little bit crowded. Um, mm-hmm. uh, without going into any more detail, then uh, that type of issue is and will be addressed as the series progresses. Okay. That's good to know. Um. So without talking anything more about that, I'll just let that one sit. No, yeah. And also, you know, as I kind of think about my other favorite sci-fi shows, like that does tend to happen, right? Mm-hmm. You, you you end up in a situation where it's, you know, you, you, you've had a couple of seasons and you're, you're getting renewed and you got to come up with more content and you can't just keep having that one bad guy over there. You got to introduce a couple more complexities to it. And, um... You know, I think that's why uh, I particularly like shows like Star Trek because um, 
you know, at its worst, it's trying to boil everything down to Federation versus not the Federation. But at its best, it's actually talking about the inner complexities of a lot of different player groups and there's a lot of power dynamics that is going and then at the end of the day all we're really doing is just flying cool spaceships around and and, and doing neato things like it that appeals to me quite a lot right um so you remember early on in the series they were just kind of like throwing everything at the wall mm-hmm. and just seeing what stuck mm-hmm. um some things stuck really nicely other things just fell off that wall and sure. you wanted to pretend it didn't exist um yeah <laughs> I, I think we are getting to a point in Star Trek, Stargate, uh, that uh, they are addressing those things that still stuck that were good, um, but they're a little bit more intentional, I think, at this mm. point in time about adding new things um, mm-hmm. and taking things away. Uh, and so, you know, the idea of just throwing the kitchen sink at the wall and hoping it works. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that's that's not how the phrase goes, but go ahead, carry on. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, it's, it's not about throwing the kitchen sink at the nope. wall. Guarantee that will not stick unless it unless it embeds. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> hey, hey, it could happen. Tomato, tomato, right? Yeah, anyway, exactly. In any right, case, so they're yes, they're throwing um, they're throwing every idea they have against the wall early on. Um, yes. I, I think so. You know, in this situation. Um, the fact that this is an episode that that's clearly intentionally brings the Russians into the mix of things, mm-hmm. um, and, and we're going to see the Russians uh, as a player uh, for the for the remainder of the series. Uh, they're going to be parts of the show, All right? Um, without going into any more details. Uh, Good. So you Thank see you. elements that that you know is it a crowded field? Yeah, maybe. Maybe you're right. Um, that's going to be addressed as things progress. Um, and you I know. really hope Apophis, I really, really hope it, as much as it pains me because Peter Williams is so good. He's really good. Uh, he's, a, he's a delight to watch, but, oh man, that was such a good death scene. It would have been so good. It would have been so good, Zach. It was so good. And then they had to ruin it. Uh, well, anyway, I'm sorry. Still good. You didn't ruin the death scene. <sighs> they made it meaningless. Uh, they well. made it meaningless. That's what it was. That's that's my gripe, is that it was a beautiful scene that insinuated that Apophis had a change of heart. It insinuated that the worst of us can be redeemed. It didn't really get there, and it didn't say it exactly. It was not, you know, it wasn't schmaltz. Well, it wasn't. But to it be fair, hinted. it wasn't Apophis who, you know. True. You're right. You're it, right. You're it was right. his host. It was, it was his host. You're right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But it's still me, my simple mind. I see, still see that person, and, you know, I feel bad for that person. Right. And now he's back with an eye patch. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to say anything more about Apophis at this point in time. Especially because this episode wasn't about him. Especially since this episode <laughs> had nothing to do with Apophis. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, Brent. Yes. Is there anything more that you need to get off your chest regarding Watergate? And by Watergate, mm. I mean the episode of Stargate, not the 1970s uh, uh, presidential crisis. scandal. Yeah, no. Nope. I've said okay. everything I had to say. Then I kick this back to you and say, mm-hmm. how many chevrons... Do you give this, or, uh-huh. or, or are we switching roles and I have to give it first? I don't know. You tell me. Nah, we can keep. We can keep. We can keep it the 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 right way. The right way. The right way. The right okay. way. Um, uh, it didn't stink. Um, 
if I watched it again, I would probably be watching it again, not because of the story. I probably would be watching it again to see, uh, I would be watching it again to see Marina Sirtis play her role. I think that that would probably be it. I like, and you know, because I could probably find those kind of neato shots of the, of the mini sub going through the water and, you know, marvel at how they were doing the fish eye effect with, you know, like, like Mm -hmm. that's not, I can find that elsewhere. Like, you know, would I watch this again? I don't think so. Um, Does it really advance the story? I'm glad to hear that it kind of does, but at the moment it's not that clear that it does. So I can't really go off of that right now. And that feeling that I had of, meh, it's fine. Um, yeah, I think it describes this. I think that this is like a probably a solid four where it's technically not middling, but not a whole lot better. And did it, was it, was it bad? No, it wasn't bad. Uh, but I think that it, the, the not bad parts have everything to do with the cast uh, their understanding of the characters, the repartee of the characters, and the ability of the showrunners to be able to actually produce something that that floats. I think that that might be another way to say this one. This one feels like a pretty interesting story that they kind of hurried along, and it passes, so they're, it, they're like, good enough, we're moving on. And so I'm like, meh, I'm moving on to four. Four. So, um, so I would agree with you. This is kind of middling episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that it introduces the Russians. I think what this episode ended up being was uh, an episode to show off the technical challenge and and uh, uh, skill yeah. of yeah. of the crew. Yeah. Um, because that water stuff, in fact, the idea of doing something underwater was yep. pitched like in season two, but they're like, oh, it's too expensive. We can't do that. Mm-hmm. And here a couple of years later, they says, oh, no, we can do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, when the water scenes, they actually had a water glycerin mix and they used Alka-Seltzer to produce the bubbles. Um, uh, mm-hmm. most of that stuff is practical effect, um, oh, nice. which is really quite fascinating. Um, uh, and, and, you know, you got camera trickery here to, uh, get the sense of movement. Um, mm-hmm. you know, so all of those things are technical things that are really quite fascinating, um, but if you're thinking about the story, uh, it's, it's fine. Yeah. Um, I, I was actually kind of expecting you to fall a little bit less than a four. I was expecting you to hit a three. Um, and I was going to say, Hey, uh, well, you know, I'll give it a little bit better than a three because I know more <laughs> about what's going on with the, the Russians and all of that stuff, because this episode really does introduce that as a as a, an element of things sure uh, but uh given that you gave this a four i'm just gonna have to agree with you and say four so and i stand by that four because again like i'm enjoying watching richard dean anderson play jack o'neill i'm enjoying watching christopher judge play teal i'm enjoying watching michael shanks play daniel jackson i'm enjoying watching amanda tapping play sam carter right like that's what i'm that that has weight now. Like if I can watch those characters play the, if I can watch those actors play the characters as they have come to know those characters, that's going to be buoying this thing along in ways that otherwise wouldn't be happening. Right. So, uh, so you give it a four, I give it a four. Um, and we have some, uh, some predictions. Okay. And I love the predictions. 
let's begin things um, with our emails, and we'll start with Arnacht. Yay! Hi, Arnacht. Arnacht says, uh, and this is from quite a while ago because we've been gone for a few weeks, but yep. he says, this is a pretty good one, uh, and it clearly advances the plot. I predict four and one-half chevrons from Zach and five from Brent. Pretty close. Pretty close. Um, you know, I, I yeah. Uh, we have Caleb mm-hmm. responding. Hi Caleb. Hi, Caleb. He says, Watergate was a great episode. Ooh, we find really? out what happened to the first gate and where the DHD from Egypt ended up. All true. Uh, fair. And what yes. Mayborn has been up to. Yep. Yes. Uh, with that said, my predictions for this week are Zach 6 and Brent 5. Yeah, a little high, so, but yes. Okay. I can see where he's so going with got, that, though. So we've got both Arnacht and Caleb uh, are thinking more about this episode than you and I are. Uh, well, also, they um, are appreciating it in the context of things, and I'm just like, sure. meh. It's all right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, David. Hi, David. Gives us uh, a, a, a Chevron encoding bias with a whole bunch of uh, Russian letters. So, <laughs> well, thank you very much for that. I'm not going to try to read that because I no. don't read Russian. Nah. He says, nah. good episode, not great. And not high in the rewatch factor for me. Still not sure how the little water aliens got to Earth from the outgoing wormhole, but whatever. It's TV, and it's been a while since I watched it. Uh, should be obvious and not really a spoiler. Uh, just saying here. This. Mm-hmm. Uh, an, okay, so it's nice seeing another Star Trek actor in Stargate. Yeah. Uh, we won't see her again, sadly. Uh, Boo. So, Honestly. Okay. I mean, it makes sense, but you know. Yep. Um, and then he predicts Brent for Chevrons. Uh huh. Because it happened and because the obvious implications should be obvious. And Zach, four and a half Chevrons because Ooh. this is a Brent plus 0.5 Chevron episode. So close. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so close. So close. Well done, David. Yes. Well, well done. done. Okay, and we do have a few predictions on Facebook that came ah, in uh, yes. uh, over the weekend. Um, Kelly says, this is a tough one. Hi, I Kelly. think this is an episode that is either liked or not, no in-between. Since I'm influenced by my own bias, she says, I'll give it six, and Brent gives it five. And yeah. she enjoys the episode. Very good. I'd like okay. to know more about what makes it... An- no, that sounds that sounds so bad. I don't mean it like I'd like to know more what makes it enjoyable. I don't mean it like that. I just mean like no, 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 for real. Like why? Like wow, that also sounds bad. I'm just gonna stop. You you just carry on, Zach. You just you just keep going. So what what you're interested in is w- wondering what people's uh, thoughts are and what is it that drew them into this yes. episode that yes. got them uh, enjoying this episode at uh, such a relatively high Chevron compared to me. Compared yes. To- you and me. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, Julie, this is my Julie. Hi, Julie. Hi, Julie. She, well, given your ratings for some recent episodes, I'm guessing fours for both of you. Oh! Ding, 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 ding. Julie got it right. Right on and the money. I was not looking at these before we started. <laughs> so, these are not, these are not, not influenced. influenced by me. All right. And we have uh, Jacqueline. Um, Hi, Jacqueline. Uh, she, uh, this is her first time predicting, uh, our Chevron ratings. Ah, yes. Uh, so welcome to the dark side, Jacqueline. <laughs> uh, and, uh, so, uh, thank you for that. 
She's, but she's going to guess that you'll both give Watergate four chevrons. No way! We got yes. two in one day? Two? Holy nailing cow. it exactly. And That's now fantastic. And now i got to go to one more place on Facebook to make sure there aren't any other... I was going to say, are there going to be a hidden... third one? Well, possibly. I have okay. to... Let's see here. Uh, okay. Got a comment here. Oh, we've got one more comment here. Oh, okay. Uh, this is from Kimberly. Hi, Kimberly. Uh, she predicts that I'll give it three out of seven chevrons. Oh, yeah. Brent yeah. will give it five out of seven chevrons. Oh, for continuity okay. Continuity of right. use of using the second gate, of shoving Tilk out of a plane, and Russian <laughs> counselor Deanna Troy. Reasons. I will, yes, I will freely admit that this does not seem wise was getting me to smile quite a lot. Um but again, I said easy, and, not wise. Yeah, but it was, but to me, again, that was a bit more like Christopher Judge playing Teal'c and Richard Dean Anderson playing O'Neill, right? Versus anything else. Like, I, I was liking them right. doing their thing. But still, so, all right. So we had two Julie people Julie and Jacqueline. Who nice. It. Exactly. Well done. Congratulations to Julie. Congratulations to Jacqueline. And this is your first shot, Jacqueline. Amazing. No kidding. You're batting That's 100. Right. Holy cow. Uh, so now we expect perfection moving forward. No, so, I'm just kidding. I, I don't know <laughs> off the top of my head any Major League Baseball players who on their first at-bat hit a home run, but there's probably somebody who did that. So that's that's the that's the thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my brain, yeah, I'm done. I'm, I'm, oh, and, and, and Julie yells at me because I just said batting 100 when the phrase is batting 1,000. Batting 1,000. <laughs> but I'm going to just chalk that up to a migraine that I've had more or less all day. Oh, so, no. There sorry to go. hear that. Ugh. Yeah. I've been drinking a lot of coffee and drinking a lot of water trying to help it out. To mitigate it. Mm. Yeah, I'm still, I'm still standing. Well, sitting. Well, I'm actually still then, upright. Then your ability to do this show is actually pretty impressive. It's pretty impressive. I'm I'm pretty well, impressed. Well, it, thank you. Um, so, You're welcome. Yeah. Okay. I, think I can go. I can. I can get even more emphatic. I can. I can get even higher on this one. You you, you don't need to. Ah, I can get okay, you do realize that high pitches are not good for people with migraines. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> so you're telling me I got to bring it back down your A. Yeah, just we need your Barry White voice there. Just got to get my Barry White voice. down here. So, so Brent, the yes. next episode of Stargate SG-1 Season mm. 4 is entitled mm-hmm. The First Ones. The First and Ones. And I have a question mm. for you. The mm. First Ones. What is The First Ones all about? Mm. The First Ones. What are The First Ones about? Well, let's see here. Now I got to think. First Ones. Hmm. Uh, next time on Stargate SG-1, the team traveled through the star... Next time on Stargate SG-1, the SG-1 team traveled through the gate to find themselves on a strange world. They find themselves inside a massive pantheon with glorious music playing and bountiful bounties everywhere with their bountifulness. And, And walking up to them, there are these figures that appear to be Roman gods. And the Roman gods say to them, Welcome! This is the land of the First Ones. And the team go, That sounds amazing. Tell us about the First Ones. And, 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 and a very authoritative-looking god figure takes them and says, Well, let's take a look here. This 
is a one, and it's a stick. And they travel a little further. And this is a one, and it's a dot. And they travel a little further. And this is a one, and it's a little slash, and they travel a little further. And this is a one, and it's a little circle. And this is a one, and it's a little like squiggle line. And they spend the entire episode going room by room, looking at every single civilization's first attempt at making the number one. Join us next time on Stargate SG-1, <laughs> the first ones. Okay. Right. So I admit, I had no idea where you were going nah. with this <laughs> until you got to about the, the fourth or fifth one. And I'm like, wait, <laughs> what? Oh, oh, okay. There it is. There it is. <laughs> I'm just going to take you through history. We're going to take a look at the first ones. <laughs> okay. Well, um, that would certainly make for interesting television uh i think so i think it would be completely fascinating to go take a take a little trip through history taking a look at the every every civilization's first attempt at counting i did not say fascinating i said interesting <laughs> those are different terms uh technically yes mm-hmm. okay well shall we watch the promo and find out what the first ones is all about yes let's do it okay are you ready yes I am hitting record, or record, hitting go <laughs> now. Next time on Stargate SG-1. It's a gnarly looking thing. X-888, Nick's like four. Five, five. Uh, subject, clean, primordial gould as... On the ancient homeworld of the gould, a discovery has been made. Oh, oh, oh. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Daniel Jackson has been dragged off by a creature called an Unus. Hey, I know an Unus. But it's a different Unus. But what other dangers lurk when a rescue mission is sent out? Ooh. Uh-oh. What was that? Good shot. Lower your weapons. What? One or more of you may have become hostile to our old your watch. Oh, oh, no. It's all next time on Stargate SG-1. Yeah. Oh, there's a whole bunch of them. Oh my gosh. Well, that's pretty exciting. I'm looking forward to that. That has nothing to do yeah. with counting, though. I mean, that it might have something to do with to counting, do with, but with right. counting ones. No. Uh, no. Or accounting for ones, as my or accounting, promo yeah. had. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So no. Uh, but that is what <laughs> the first ones is all about. I'm excited. Uh, yeah. Uh, give a special thanks to David for putting those thank promos you, together. Uh, Absolutely, I say thank you every time, and I am impressed he deserves every it. time. Yeah. Uh, so thank you very much. Uh, so this brings us to the end of our podcast. So tell us what you think about mm -hmm. Watergate. Uh, clearly, this uh, for the predictions out there were uh, anything any indicators. Uh, there are a lot of different opinions about this episode. Yes, uh, yes. Some saying this is good, really, really good. Others saying it's middling or less than middling. Uh, so tell us what you think about this episode. If yeah. you thought this was a really good episode, uh, share your thoughts on, on, on Facebook or, mm -hmm. or send, shoot mm -hmm. us an email uh, and tell us what you thought was uh, 
what made this episode such a great episode for you. And let's continue that conversation because that's what this is all about. Uh, yeah, you can absolutely. email us at walkingthroughthestargate at gmail.com. You can find us on, at Twitter at Stargate Walking. And of course, the Facebook page, Walking Through the Stargate, and group, Walking Through the Stargate. Yes. So until next time, I'm Zach. And I'm Brent. And this has been Walking Through the Stargate. See ya. Bye. Carter, dial it up. Get these people home. <laughs>